Welcome to Scrum Dynamics, episode 27. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Scrum Dynamics podcast. I'm your host, Neil Benson, and I'm thrilled that you downloaded this episode and are listening or are watching on YouTube today. Oh, man, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for the Scrum Dynamics podcast. You might have been wondering where the heck the show has been. Well, just after the last episode, my friend Joel Lindstrom, who runs the CRM Audio Podcast Network, decided to split the CRM Audio Podcast up into individual feeds, one for each show. At the time, I decided it would be a good opportunity for me to publish Scrum Dynamics under my own name. And for weeks, I couldn't figure out why Apple was rejecting my listing. I thought it might be to do with the new listing rules from Apple, or the show name, or the description of the episodes, or the cover that's got, you know, Lego figures on it. But I discovered that pasting my LinkedIn headline into the author name field is a red flag to Apple. They consider it spammy to try and stuff your name with keywords. When I fixed that up, it got listed 24 hours later. So, Scrum Dynamics is back. It's great to be on air again. Thanks for finding the new show feed. If you like the show, please remember to share it on social media and encourage your Dynamics team to subscribe. Remember, the mission of the show is to help everyone successfully implement Microsoft business applications using Scrum. And we're not there yet, not by far. So please keep sharing. In this episode, we've got a listener question from Jonas Waters at KPMG in Belgium. Here's Jonas. Hi guys, my name is Jonas Waters and I'm working for KPMG Belgium. I have a question for you. We were recently working on a big proposal a big RFP which had a lot of Dynamics 365 modules in scope. Not only sales, customer service, marketing and field service, but also IoT was part of the scope. We discussed with the client up front and asked if they had experience with the Agile methodology. They said, yeah, sure, we're already doing Agile today. So we were happy, very happy to hear that and we continued working on the proposal. However, when we presented our proposal to the project stakeholders, we received the same question over and over again. They wanted to know in detail what we would deliver by when and how much it would cost. Of course, this was not an option for us because we proposed the Agile methodology. We cannot commit to these kind of things. We delivered a high-level roadmap where we stated that we would deliver MVPs for each module. But this couldn't convince the clients. They keep asking us the same question. Just wanted to know how you guys would cope with this and how can you convince the client? Jonas's team is working on a proposal and discovers his client is already familiar with and practicing Agile. But then, when they present their proposal to the client stakeholders, they want to know exactly what will be delivered, when it will be delivered, and how much it will cost. Jonas thinks it's not possible to answer these kinds of questions because Scrum teams can't commit to scope, timelines, or costs. His roadmap states that his team will deliver MVPs, that's minimum viable products, for each module. Unfortunately, Jonas's client didn't seem convinced. How else could he have handled this situation? Okay, Jonas, thanks very much for uh, sending us your question. Here's a couple of ideas I'd like to suggest. Number one, when you ask a client if they're familiar with agile software development, you're usually only asking one person you're gonna get a response from a single stakeholder from your client's organization. If she is familiar with Agile, she'll say yes, but if she's not, she'll probably say no. But that doesn't mean that everyone in her team evaluating your proposal has the same experience with Agile that she has. 
They might be much more skeptical than she is. Perhaps they've worked on an agile project that didn't work out so well. Or they might be much more experienced and supportive of agile than she is. In my proposals, I always include a short description of the Scrum framework that we're going to use, how Scrum benefits my clients, and I outline their roles in the Scrum team. I'd include that content in my presentation too, and I'd skip over it if I discovered they were all experienced and supportive of Scrum. Number two, Jonas, you mentioned the Agile methodology, whereas Agile software development is an approach characterized by four values and 12 principles. There are several different frameworks or methodologies under that Agile umbrella. Extreme programming is one, DSDM, Kanban, test-driven development. Scrum is certainly the most popular Agile software development framework, but it's just one of them. I'm always very clear that my team will be using Scrum, which is an Agile software development framework for delivering complex products iteratively and incrementally. It's a small distinction between Agile and Scrum, but I think it's an important one, because you can go out and learn about Agile software development without learning anything about Scrum. And if you tell me that you're familiar with Agile, and I assume that this means you have experience with Scrum, then I'm in trouble. Number three, and this is where I wanted to spend some time. Next, it's those three little questions from your client stakeholders. What are you going to deliver? When are you going to deliver it? And how much is each piece going to cost? These are all perfectly understandable, natural questions. We'd be surprised, in fact, if any client didn't want to know what we're going to build, when we're going to build it, and for how much it's going to cost them. Whether we use a traditional sequential approach like SureStep or an agile approach like Scrum, we have to find a way to answer those questions with a reasonable level of accuracy and be able to state all our assumptions so that they can be checked and challenged by our client. In SureStep, we answered those questions after the diagnostic phase when we've conducted a fit gap analysis between the standard functionality in our Microsoft Dynamics business application and the high level requirements. During the analysis and design phases, we refine our answers in a detailed work breakdown structure. By this stage, we're many months into the project and all we've got to show for it is several documents and no working software. The trouble with this approach is that it's based on a written statement of requirements. That's inherently flawed and we've got no experience building software together. But we've got the illusion of precision because our work breakdown structure predicts exactly who will be doing what in one hour increments for the next 12 months. Unfortunately, Scrum doesn't have a project or a release planning process described in the Scrum Guide. Your team, Jonas, needs to devise its own way of estimating projects and answering those questions, what, when, and how much, in a way that stays true to the Agile principles. I use user story maps for planning and estimating my Scrum projects. Here's my six-step process. Number one, determine the user roles and the primary goal for each user. Number two, for each user role, describe the primary features they need. These are your epic user stories, or just epics for short. For example, if you're implementing field service, completing a work order is an epic. Number three, estimate the relative complexity of each epic using story points. I use story points at the upper range of the modified Fibonacci sequence. That's 13, 20, 40, 60, and 100 points. You might need to combine or split epics to get them to fit within this range. Step four, 
is to imagine the implementation team that's going to work on this project. Estimate how many story points they could deliver in a two-week sprint based on your experience of similar projects. Even better, if you can assemble some of the team and have them estimate the epics and their velocity. You know the rates of these team members, so derive the total fees by multiplying their rates by the elapsed time to deliver the project. Step number five is to prioritize the epics into releases. You might have one huge release if you're working on an ERP replacement, or you might have smaller releases with the first release being an MVP. Number six, last step. Now you've chunked up the work, estimated its complexity, imagined the team and calculated their fees, you can combine all of that into a story map that you can present to your client along with all your assumptions. Even better, if you can work collaboratively alongside your client stakeholders to develop the story map with them. It's a fantastic workshop that you can run in a day to answer those three little questions far faster and with just as much accuracy as a six-month SureStep project up to the design phase. Developing a story map for your Dynamics 365 project when you're using Scrum is a topic of my next course. Stay tuned, Jonas. I'm working on it as fast as I can. Thanks very much for your question. If you'd like to find out more about user story maps for Dynamics 365, you can get an overview on my blog, customary.com slash storymaps. And if you'd like to have your question about Scrum for Dynamics 365 answered, then like Jonas, you can leave a voicemail by clicking on the send voicemail button at customary.com or send a video message to scrum at customary.com. My mission is to help everyone use the Scrum framework to successfully implement Microsoft business applications. If you'd like to learn more about Scrum and achieve your professional Scrum Master certification from scrum.org, visit scrum365.customary.com to join my Introduction to Scrum for Dynamics 365 course. The course features videos, worksheets, quizzes, and a practice assessment for the Professional Scrum Master Level 1 certification exam. It covers the theory of Scrum, its events, roles, and deliverables, as well as the lessons I've learned through 10 years of applying Scrum to Dynamics 365 projects. That's scrum365.customary.com. Thanks very much for joining me in this episode. I really do appreciate you downloading the podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.